Welcome to the Arrest or Mimics podcast with your host Ben Talon. Hello and welcome to Arrest or Mimics. My name is Ben Talon. I'm your host. This is the Original Thinking and Creative Innovation podcast. Everybody good? Kind of a thorny question at the minute, isn't it? I mean, this, I mean, Friday, I don't know about you guys, but it felt like the most surreal day. One of the most surreal days in my lifetime, given the... Uh, the political events that we've all had to sort of deal with it seemed that largely we were all kind of leaning towards the the remain vote in the creative industries it's a bit of a sweeping generalization but i did see some stats going as high as 96 percent from some surveys just gonna have to wait and see i guess um I think we've all got a lot of responsibility now moving forward as creators to um, to think about, you know, responsible content that we're putting out there and kind of come together and work hard to fight the kind of the divide in society that's underpinned all this nonsense. Uh, I'm not one to get on the political eye horse, but I think um, the problem goes far deeper than you know bigotry, ignorance, all that stuff. I think um, I think this has been coming for some time. I think we are. Um, become a little apathetic in working to to sort out society's issues and you know the the difference between the kind of thriving big cities and, and the decaying small post-industrial towns um i speak from the position of someone who grew up in a, a west yorkshire working class town and who has lived now for seven years in major cities and i see uh, i see the vast divide and i think it's caused a lot of disillusion understandably so so there, there are there are many issues um i'm actually going to be talking to Shaz from Additive, who is a 3D printer who did the, the branding for this show. And Shaz does a lot of work with um, sort of, you know, young people in schools, colleges, in, in society, in youth groups. And she's a mother. And we're going to talk at length about that, about engaging people who've maybe not had the same kind of eye-opening experiences uh, that we've had in the ability to channel our, our negative and positive emotions. So uh, a lot to talk about there, and we'll come to that in the next uh, next couple of episodes, hopefully the next episode, if I can lock down Chaz for that chat. Um, so watch your space. Uh, as ever, I want to say thanks to our sponsors for the show. Um, founding sponsor, Illustration Limited, uh, doing more and more global business by the week. Um, check them out, illustrationweb.com, providing an absolutely fantastic range of illustration, animation, set design, live art, uh, you name it. They're an ever-growing company, uh, and their website does the talking, and they're everywhere on social media, as ever. Um, so thanks to those guys. Also, thanks to Heart Internet, who uh, provides us, as we know now, with a nice, juicy um, SEO slash social media slash kind of online geared tip, because we all have to represent our businesses now online, and they give us nice bite-sized tips for every episode to support the show. Um, And this episode, we're going to be talking just a little bit about building relationships uh, online. So, Nick Leach from uh, Heart Internet was talk to me and we were chatting about the um the value of kind of building relationships beyond the obvious stuff so uh, he told me that tweet deck is a really good tool that allows you to kind of track where your business or your brand name is being mentioned and then it's about kind of engaging with those people whether it's positive or negative so actually you know something i hadn't thought about is if someone's kind of got a, a negative point to raise about your business or your or your product or your style whatever it is as a creator um Maybe just talk to that person and let them know there's a human behind that brand and, you know, maybe uh, try to put it right, address the issue, whatever it may be. Um, and, yeah, probably TweetDeck is a really good one for that, so I'm going to be investigating that myself. So thanks to Hat Internet. 
And lastly, again, our brand new sponsor, Printed.com, um, bringing you some amazing uh, sort of ranges of printing, over 90 products. They do a range of cool finishes and um, anything you could need. You've got full control of your orders. And as I mentioned in the last episode, we're going to be sharing a print story from uh, for for each episode. Where uh, sponsored by Printed.com, and this one's uh, this is a good one. If any of you guys are regulars on the show, you would have listened to the uh, the, the episode with Kyla Paolucci, uh, my friend, and who's a designer in New York. She, um, I got in touch and asked because I knew she loves kind of you know cool printed stuff. We're all a bit, we're all kind of like that we're, we're sort of junkies for good printed material in this industry and kyla told me about um, a little technique that she makes uh, she makes a new book for every uh, job opportunity so kyla currently works at hbo and every time she gets an interview she was telling me that it helps her to sort out a portfolio by printing and binding her own book um, to kind of get a nice overview of what she's doing, what she's going to be talking about, where her brand is going, and to impress potential employers by showing them that bit of dedication and professionalism and getting printed work done. And she tells me she's still got all the copies from all the different jobs that so she can look back and... Uh, it helps her get a job through the craftsmanship aspect of it by binding the stuff herself. So she was saying she used it to get internships, um, and through that process she learned that people love printed books, uh, especially designers. As, as I mentioned, we all uh, we all love it. It's kind of design porn. And yeah, she was saying even though things are switching to digital, she likes to show the contrast that she knows how to deal with printed material and the iPads, and also you know that layouts can be kept pretty clean in a nice printed manner and it just shows a lot of things about yourself um she said ultimately she has a lot of love for a print and, and a pride in her bookmaking skills so i thought that was really kind of apt when you look at the work that kyle has done on on major 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 movies in the states working now at hbo at wwe pretty cool stuff um so go and check out kyle's work um you can go and listen to the previous episode and hear a full story, and it's got all the links there to Kyla's stuff. So cheers for that one, and thanks to Printed.com for the superb support coming on board to get behind our work in the arts. So um, about today's guest, I think you're going to like this one. This is about creative introverts. Um, I'm going to be talking to Kat Rose from... Um, from the Creative Introvert, which is a fantastic initiative. And actually, Kat got in touch with me, um, which has seldom happened on this show so far. It's generally me approaching guests that I'd like to interview, but I'm very open to and receptive to people's approaches and not many people do it. However, Kat got in touch and said, hey, how's it going? We met not too long back at um, Yoelo, the illustration networking event. And she said, I don't know if you remember, but I talked about this project that I'm doing and it's now it's kind of come to the fore and I'm running it quite you know successfully and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And I can talk forever about um, people who are introverted in, in creative industries because there's so much made about the need to be bullish and, and kind of bold and carving out opportunities, which certainly I've benefited from that. But I wouldn't class myself as an introvert. However, that you know there are a lot of people, maybe even the majority, who struggle to talk to people who find it hard to make that initial point of contact. So Kat has set up a fantastic project um, dealing with all that stuff. So, you know, she'll give uh, 10 points on a certain topic about being an introvert, um, how introverts can promote their business, um, 10-step processes to promoting a blog post without being really kind of full frontal and, and, and just getting around that stigma that, you know, that is attached to this idea of approaching people you've never met, met before. So when she got in touch, I thought, wow, what, um, what a fantastic project and what a great topic. So... 
I invited Kat to um, to come and visit the studio, which she did. Um, you know, she travelled in, especially to sit down in my studio in Woolwich and talk about all those things that we have to deal with being, you know, slightly introvert and not exactly confident in going forward. So I think you're going to find that really fascinating today. Let us know your thoughts. Um, the last episode was, you know, one of the fastest out of the traps we've had so far. Unsurprisingly, Rod Hunt, illustration master, who's been around for 20 years, um... Do go back and listen to that. If you've got any interest in visual communication uh, in the arts, then Rod is full of wisdom and brilliant stories about his sterling uh, and fantastic career so far. So thanks to Rod for that one. And thanks to all those who listened. Let us know your thoughts at Arrestonomics on the Twitter, Arrestonomics at gmail.com email, and facebook.com forward slash Arrestonomics. We're on all platforms. Um, it's growing quick, and I'm really excited, and increasingly so. I know I mention this all the time, but when I set this thing up, I didn't expect to have the support of three sponsors um, less than a year into doing this show. And we're now, this is the 27th episode, so it's really, really going strong. And I just want to thank you guys so much for uh, for shouting about this on social media, which you do a lot of, for listening to shows, um, you know, letting me know your thoughts. I'm very new to this broadcasting gig and your feedback is crucial, so I absolutely love it when uh, you come back and let me know how you feel about a certain show. It's brilliant to engage uh, with people about you know about what they liked, what they didn't like. I've had technical feedback on the show, you know, <laughs> production values. Bring it all on, I love it. I love to hear what I'm doing right, what I'm here, what I'm doing wrong, who you want to hear from, why you should be on the show. So get all that stuff to me on the on the, the social links that I just previously mentioned, or hit us up in private if you need to. I'm easy to find. So what's your what's your background, Linka? Well, that's um, that's where it all begins. Um, I basically went to uni thinking if I go down the graphic design route, hey, at least I'll have a job at the end of it. Um, but in reality, I've always just wanted to be an illustrator. I just want to draw for a living and, you know, live the dream. Um, after uni, I fell into web design and that was fine for a few years. Um, and keeping up my illustration as like my hobby, my, you know, side gig. Um, and then one day, you know, that story about there's a dog and he's sitting on a needle or something like that and it's like howling and you're thinking why doesn't he get up and it just doesn't hurt enough and then one day it did hurt enough and I quit I went to Japan on a bit of a whim thinking okay I'll deal with like work when I get back <laughs> I'll try and do something um but I, I knew that I would give illustration a go um and I just I, I did and it eventually it all it started bringing in an income, but it was a lot of hard work and I just didn't understand um, what I was doing wrong. Um, I, got an, I got an agent, had a terrible experience there, um, and I sort of had to teach myself the ins and outs of marketing, um, social media, like everything from social media to email marketing, all of the stuff that I was expecting an agent to do to solve all my problems for me. Um, which hadn't happened um and i i think like one of the turning points was um getting accepted onto the prince's trust enterprise program okay so that was that was huge like they were super helpful they definitely gave me the business smarts that like i hadn't seen my illustration career as anything to do with a business i thought 
I'll stick up an online portfolio and hope for the best. Mm. But as soon as I started looking at it from a business perspective, and even if that, like, to me, instantly that made it sound cold and callous and, like, I had all of these mental attachments surrounding business and marketing. And I think that was the first step was getting over that mindset and then educating myself about, okay, so, like, how do we do this? How, How are other people doing this? Let me look at other industries um, because I found that in the illustration world, people weren't really talking about that. Mm-hmm. Like even now, like I'm, I'm still, like trying to find people having like, who have this message, and they're few and far between. Like there definitely are a few. Like I think Austin Cleon is like a great example of someone who's, you know, telling people get your work out, like yes. show the stuff. You can spend all the time in the world building this brilliant ship, but if no one, if you don't tell anyone about it, no one's gonna. Yeah, I don't know why I used a ship as an analogy there, but <laughs> no, wait, wait, yeah, I think it works. <laughs> it's it's funny you should say that. I um, I on one of the recent episodes, I don't know if you listen to the episode with Andy Sandals from DNAD, no. but he's the, the president of DNAD, and yeah. I went to interview him, not knowing anything about the guy. I just I needed to speak to someone from DNAD to kind of validate this special yeah, episode yeah. I was doing on the festival, and it, it turned out to be a massively inspiring encounter, and it's actually changed a lot of things in my direction since. And Andy was this. You know, the word president to me doesn't say creativity, but actually is this really, really laid back guy, but actually you know, he's like the creative director, the executive creative director of Havas Worldwide, like one of the biggest ad agencies wow. in the world, and now the president of DNAD, it's like a yearly term. And he did a talk on the opening day of the festival, and I had previously interviewed him, and he was very uh, fascinated by technology as this positive thing where we can, we can shape our ideas, not rely on it, but we can use it to inform the ideas that I would make him work with. And more importantly, he preached the value of sending, sending ideas out there really early and letting them breathe, letting them evolve, put them out at an early stage, get feedback, play with them, shape them, push them forward. And I think so many people can take notice of that, you know, and I've, and I've become a lot less precious just from that conversation. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm not afraid to put just a, a throwaway sketch that I've done and just throw it out there, see who comes back with whatever comments, you know? It's huge for so many reasons. Like, it is, like, our sounding board. It's free to get this... Um, we don't have to be as formal as, I'm going to do a survey and find out. We just put it out there and gauge the response. Like, as mm. we know, as, like, creatives, just ever since we were drawing things for our parents like you thought this is a really great drawing this piece of work is the best thing and no one responds and then you do something that you just did on a whim and don't think it's going to be great and you get this great response so that is exactly what's happening with social media and we can reach so many more people and it's I was thinking about it on my way here today just how creative that whole process can be in itself Mm. Um, so I keep coming back to the mindset and we have all of I think a lot of creatives anyway, at least people I'm talking to, have all of these negative connotations surrounding that. Like, it's definitely not about getting a load of Facebook likes. I realise that that is nothing other than a bit of dopamine. Um, There is a bigger um, way we can use it, I think. I think so. Yeah, I completely completely agree. And and, and like everything else, like every other shred of rejection that we have to go through, that lack of likes, lack of shares, lack of... (laughs) Because often it feels like no one's looking, but you'd be surprised the amount of people that I'll start telling about a project and they go, oh yeah, I saw you, saw that, really yeah. liked it, and it's like, oh, didn't like it, and it was like, <laughs> it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, that's not really a currency, it's about, it's just about putting it out to the world, and um, on a really kind of obvious level, there's a good story about that, 
Um, I have a friend, Andy Thompson, who goes under Sector 4 illustration, mm-hmm. and he graduated a few years after me anyway. Long story short, a friend that he graduated with hadn't done a great deal of work, and he put some work out there on whatever platform, I don't know if it was Behance or something along those lines, and it had been picked up by Vice just for a little feature on this project. They found it quite interesting, quite refreshing style. Um, Josh Hom from Queens of Stone Age seen this work and really loved it. In fact, flew him out to LA to stay with him for a month, and he worked on the the recent, the most recent album cover, the one with the, the hugging skeleton, the vampire. Um, three music videos, like an EP, a couple of singles, whatever. It was his whole body of work supporting that album. Just goes to show you don't know who's looking. Like, exactly. just put it out there. Don't be precious. Just throw it around. And I, sorry, I, I think like stories like that are really great, and and I definitely, I don't want to say that like. That's obviously not going to be the case for everyone all the time, obviously. Of course not, no. But it should be enough that, A, it makes us realise that it is a possibility. And whenever we do get disheartened and, like, we do put out the great stuff and we don't get picked up, not to just stop because the big thing hadn't happened. I, I think that, I don't know, don't get all woo-woo, but everything happens for a reason and you, you can't just stop because yeah. you're not getting the expected results. No. What happens is, and... I defy anyone to, to disagree with this, but you reach any point, any point where you've got the benefit of hindsight to look back and piece things together. Yeah. And for what always does and probably always will feel like a massive mess of, of a process going through any career path in the arts, especially as a freelancer perhaps, um, you can always look back and piece together this intricate spider web of how mm-hmm. these things, how that person saw that and maybe spoke to that person or somebody gave you that bit of advice which turns you a slightly different angle and it's just... I can certainly piece together a string of these really valuable mentors who went way and you know beyond the call of duty in that work. Okay, we did a commission together, but as it goes in this industry, people with a common interest will often become friends. And I have so many close friendships now with creative directors 20, 30 years more experienced than me. And all it takes from them every now and again is if you thought about this, they'll shoot me a quick email and I'll be like, God, something just explodes in my head. And yeah. it's like, that's 20 years of experience in that one comment that's seen something in my work that I might take 10 more years to see and that's why you have to share this stuff and it can be the quietest you know uh, really subtle ways of changing but I don't know if you don't put it out there let's face it that's not going to happen so what's to lose that's what it comes down to I believe that it's I think it was Kate Moross and her book um, Make Your Own Luck and that is exactly what we're doing Mm. you have to put a lot of work in but that makes the luck and you know it's a mixture of these things um, and I do like it's funny you say about mentors. I really think I kind of wish I found a mentor earlier on. Um, I I didn't realise at the time, but you can get mentors from books and all of this great stuff. But if you're not like directly speaking to a person, even if it's by email, um, you can't really get that personal response. Even yeah. if they're like ignoring you, like that's fine. At least you're putting it out there. And I've definitely yeah. realised the value um, in just trying just try like just that's... you have to it's all you've got and um and also it's just you know there's so much character strengthening in the rejection and i know you know but any of someone who's probably sitting there going through that now probably hates me for saying that going it's all well and good you saying that yes. you know, da, 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 da. but the I mean the book that i've just given you and this podcast all came from adversity in a, in a weird sort of way you know i was sitting there going through the same thing as everyone else six weeks without work when i started to write hadn't written since GCSE. I got so wound up with the fact I'd done two years of full-time freelance. Suddenly I hit a six-week dry spell out of my own hands and I was so angry. I was so kind of deflated with it all, you know, rattling around this flat working from home. And I 
sort of had no other outlet but to set up this blog and um, just rant, you know, and it's like yeah. that started not I've not only got friendships from those pieces that I would write, but it got me it ended up getting a book deal and, you know, this was over a number of years, but it's the the fact that I put this writing out there and those early posts were rubbish. They were badly written, they were angry. But it was you. It but was, it was me yeah. and it was something from the soul that I was this kind of bile that I was putting out there. And I had no idea, there was no plan to write a book. It's yeah. just that people started getting back in touch, going, Oh, I'm going through the same thing, you know, how's it going? I'm, I'm living in Bournemouth, whatever, you're in yeah. Manchester, but I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, you know, it's frustrating. But And I was like, Wow, this is really interesting. Someone's listening, someone's reading this stuff, and maybe there's a niche. And as you said, about not many other illustrators were discussing that stuff. Yeah. And suddenly the light bulb went off, going, Oh, no one's writing about this in a really brutally honest fashion. So. That's it. It's like, I feel, especially when I um, meet up with other illustrators, it's, you could say that you you are living this dream, like because that is what we've been wanting to do to get mm. paid to draw. But the reality is a lot scarier and sometimes more miserable. And yeah. you're doing work that doesn't end up looking anything like <laughs> you wanted it to, um, thanks to the great client um, and all of this <laughs> stuff. And we can complain to each other like on like drunken nights out, but we then don't do anything about it. Mm. And I don't think there are enough people saying. Hey, have you thought about doing this? Or yeah, yeah. And it goes back to that thing of um, we all know the the feeling of being at uni and you know having to stand up in front of your thirty or X amount of colleagues and peers and uh, and put your work down and mm-hmm. have it critiqued. And you know, I, I saw the, the fire in some people's eyes when I sort of pass a comment on yeah. about the way you know. And this would happen quite often. I was very passionate coming into my third year. I was really starting to find a love for visual communication. So I was trying to be nice by, you know, I would say, oh, have you thought about maybe pushing that area down this road? And mm. they just didn't want to change anything. So the fire, they'd look at me with that, you know, you, you just read, you're not my tutor. Fuck off. You can't speak to me about it, this. It's a shame. But I was I was keen for people to jump in and pass yeah. things on because I, I started to see the value of that and, and the fast track to, to actually improving it or changing it. Um, but we all know that feeling of having to, to do that, you know. Right, and, and yeah. that's going to... It's a shame because it's going to prevent us from showing our authentic self. And I think a lot of people have finally started talking a lot more about this authenticity. And yet we're also kind of getting further away. Like mm. the Instagrammed version of everyone's life is it's bull. Like it, it's yeah. completely um, not real. And to like, to pretend that that's all there is, um, is just, you're never going to get the right people because yeah. you don't know what people want and they just want you yeah um, and I guess that's probably been one of your like best features is that that's what you did from the get-go and that's yeah. done really well well that to, to your point the reason I'm sitting here with this book on my um but I was I went my lunch just before you came over there and I'm a little bit obsessed with Hunter S. Thompson at the minute I mean I've always loved his stuff just having found him through Ralph Steadman because he was a real chief idol of mine going into university but there's a little passage in this sort of introductory passage about Hunter S. Thompson um, and it's really nice because basically you know we've got a guy who obviously wrote Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas everyone knows about Hunter S. Thompson in varying degrees but what you don't really know is about the kind of the personality and the deeper traits in that personality and it just it, it really um, it gives you a, a sort of humanisation that connects and resonates with you in, on such a better level than just picking up the book and looking at the amazing work because that's, again, it's a self-editing thing. It's seeing the great portfolio on the client list but not knowing that that person's maybe still in their overdraft or 
Yeah. Maybe they, you know, maybe they're doing the best stuff, but maybe they hate it. Maybe they don't ever want to be doing that illustration, but that's what's paying the bills. Yeah. And there's this little passage in here, and it says, and I found it relevant actually to the project you're doing, which we'll we'll talk about. We'll get down to talking about in a minute. <laughs> but it says uh, it was a moment of definition, a fork in the road where one direction led to a ruinous existence and eventual obscurity. Uh, while the other led to becoming one of America's most celebrated writers, the same pathological forces that fed Hunter's creative genius also threatened its destruction. And I found that quite relevant to what we're sort of talking about in that, you know, you, you've got to, well, in that whole thing about being an introvert, yeah. I think it's for probably the majority of creatives, I would hazard a guess. Uh, maybe there's the vast majority, I don't know. But maybe that's an asset. I, you know, maybe it's, it's, okay, it, yeah. maybe it's hard to, to sort of see it that way, but maybe there's a, a better way to play on a mystique or a quieter way of shouting about yourself. Um, and I just found that relevant. I thought, you know, this, this sort of simultaneous destructive and productive oh, God, asset. Yeah. And then it says on the next bit um, that it says what made what made Thompson unique was his approach. Instead of taking a defensive stance towards his demons, he came to embrace them. It was never a case of burning the candle from both ends. Hunter was calculated and those beasts became accomplices, features of the renegade persona he'd already begun to, to develop. Oh, I love that. And I, that's beautiful, yeah, isn't yeah. it? And it's like, and I thought that's wonderful and why shy away from the fact that maybe you're quiet and you don't like speaking to people? Yeah. Why do you have to speak to people? You've got all these channels now. Maybe you could start creating this really enigmatic persona or maybe you're going to do something completely different. I don't know what it is, but there are always ways to embrace anything that's perceived as negative, I think. Completely. It's using your adversity to, yeah, to over... I think I said that wrong, but, you know, overcoming the adversity by using it. Um, and I think I'm starting to see that. So I've been looking into that a lot and I do have this theory, which I haven't proven, but certainly that I think the majority of creatives do have this, um, at least an introverted side, like, cause I'm definitely not an extremist. Mm. I think it's, a, it's obviously a sliding scale. Um, and I can definitely do my like faux extrovert thing when I need to, but at the heart of it, like I was saying earlier, I definitely work best alone um, and I definitely get energised by alone time. And that's a good thing for, creati- for creatives who do need to spend a lot of time on their work, then it's kind of helpful to be able to do that and get into a flow state and just, you know, produce, basically. Yeah. Um, but I've been reading a lot of stuff by... Um, the guy who wrote Flow, I can never pronounce his surname, but it's like Mihaly Chazin Mihaly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll like send you a link. But basically, this guy wrote the book Flow, which is quite. Um, I think that's quite popular in like the creative realm. But he's also got one called Creativity, hmm. and he lists out all of these um, uh, like contradictory um, qualities of a creative, and I I couldn't believe how true they were so oh i think it is like one of them is this kind of balance between introversion and extroversion like we if you are an introvert you can put on this extroversion thing and vice versa um like a naivety as well as a very kind of rational side and like playfulness as well as being grounded in reality like all of these different contradictory things that you can make work for you i think for me i realized um like fairly recently that my impatience is a good thing and a bad thing Mm. you know and just all all of these things can be used in your favor it's just kind of coming to terms with them and thinking 
yeah, creatively. That's it, and it's being completely honest with yourself. Yeah. Because it all starts with understanding yourself, and if you don't quite understand that, maybe that's an asset as well. It's, it's this wormhole of yeah, <laughs> dichotomies, yeah, yeah. isn't it? But um, but I do find that I find it all fascinating, and I'm really embracing it in a big way at the moment. Um, and I, I, this is not the first time I've mentioned it, but I recently read Malcolm Gladwell's David versus Goliath, and I would recommend that highly for the same okay. reasons. It's have you read it? I have a while ago, but yeah, yeah so good. And I, I just grabbed it running through um, JFK Airport. I was in New York with my brother last year, and I had twenty dollars left over. wasn't going to get it changed back, so I just grabbed that book. So I read a previous Malcolm Gladwell book called Blink, which was fantastic so as well. Yes, it's awesome, I love isn't Malcolm it? Gladwell. And I just and it, it was actually, again, it was another pivotal turning point for me. This chance find, and now I see very little as actual negativity. You know, I. I like like I just read in that passage, I grab it all and use it yeah. to the nth degree. It's like I about a bunch of mates laughed at me recently, but I somehow managed to win the Creative Agency of the Year award at the Dot London Awards, which was a total freak. Because I'm a one man band and probably shouldn't have been in that category. But I, I love it. Yeah, agency. Yeah. we. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess I'm doing wider work, and that's why someone encouraged me to go in for it. But. Um, but what I st- my initial reaction was to spit my dummy out and to say, no, take me off the list, I hate the voting system and I don't want to get sucked into that, vote for me, vote for me, please. Um, but in the end, then I turned that around and used that anger as kind of inspiration to go, no, do you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and pull this off. Like, I don't think I will, but why not give it a go? And my way of dealing with that was creating a very weird and subversive poster series using llama heads and kind of superimposing themselves on me from this photograph. And it got increasingly weird and it became this... I mean, a one-man in joke. It was only me that was finding this funny and putting it out there. And I was getting mates from back home who were like sparkies and stuff, picking up the phone, going, "What? You, what's this? Like, what? Well, you've lost it." And I just found it hilarious. And and it actually snowballed and got more attention than it would from going direct and going. Yeah. It was just Vought Talon with his weird llama images. And I ended up winning the thing. I don't know what influence that had, but it was almost a personal experiment to put into practice what I'd been reading in David versus Goliath about, okay, I'm one guy against agencies with maybe 15 employees. Yeah. I can't use a numbers game, so why not use my weirdness? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's so brilliant. That is really inspiring. Um, it, it's I've been reading a lot of Seth Godin's stuff um, on marketing. Like, he's you attach him to marketing, but he's not, he's not really to do with that. He's like about something so much bigger. Um, I think it's called We're All Weird, and mm. that has really inspired me to embrace the weird. I think yeah. most of us as creatives, like, we probably grew up as, like, the weird kids. <laughs> yeah. And I think that something along the way kind of s- tries to stop you. Like, the world tries to beat that down. It mm. makes you conform. But um, ultimately, we will always come back to being weird as long as you l- let it happen. And once you get those positive reinforcements back you know when you do bring out the llama heads and mm. people are like yeah we like it then it, it's great it's great to have that and even if you don't even if you try being weird and it doesn't work just try again another time it's still, like you it never is, know as we said about putting things out early it's still just a process of elimination yes if you put it out there it completely bombs so what i mean i started up um, a project called deckful with um dirty freud he's an electronic musician my best but my best friend and I, I thought, oh, God, I can't do music, but I want to be a part of this, so I'm going to set up something where I can draw live all of you players so I can be a part of this gig. <sighs> God, it just didn't work. It was, it was honestly the effort of dragging all these... That's a great these, idea. Like, in my head, I'm like, yeah. That's it. I'm, in, in my head, it was amazing, and, and I still think in the right way it could work, but, you know, we were, I'm turning up with a huge backpack full of these rolls of paper, <laughs> setting them up. We, put, we played, as he puts it, we played to a room full of ghosts. Nobody yeah. turned up in yeah. this... We were at this uh, nightclub in Manchester on a Thursday night. It was a bank holiday, and nobody turned up 
literally nobody. The owners didn't even know why we were there because they, they had changed management and no one told us in the meantime from the guy who booked us. So we turned up and everyone was so freaked out that they didn't even come to tell us. So we covered the DJ booth in paper, painted all over it. He's playing his set. No one comes. And they, about 20 minutes later, they come over, can we ask you what you're doing here? And it was like, wow. That, so that was a complete write-off. But on, on its, in its simplest terms, it just wrote off that one thing. Because I was way too spread thin at the time. So mm-hmm. that was one thing I could throw away and go, well, that didn't work. So I'll go and concentrate on that. But at least you know. Like, yeah. there are no um, failures. There are only, you know, lessons. Yeah. And, and a lot of my flops... I don't regret them, and not even just because oh I learned from some, from them. They were fun in in and of themselves, you yeah. know. And I think we should embrace just doing stuff for the hell of it because yeah. it feels right. Uh, I think that's another thing I've been learning a lot recently is just going through intuition mm-hmm. and kind of trying to use fear as a guide rather than this annoying thing that's stopping us doing stuff. Yeah. That gut feeling when it feels horrible and it doesn't feel right and you feel like you really have to push yourself. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, it's, it's ultimately right. Yeah. No matter how, you know, like I completely agree. Instincts and intuition is crucial. Yeah. And um, just nail on the head, I think, yeah. So it's about the, the creative, the creative introvert itself. Yeah. Sounds like an amazing idea. Tell us the story about, I mean, we've talked in depth yeah. about that, so I'm guessing it was born of that. It completely. And so it really came about... Mm, not even a year ago, but I was, you know, talking to other people who were going through these exact struggles that I had, and I felt like I had cracked a lot of the code. Maybe not all of it. It's not like oh, everything I put out on Twitter is going to do really well. And I, I know that there isn't really a formula, but I know that there are a lot of things that you can do, and that people were creatives basically were just not doing because it wasn't in their nature that they had all of these different stigmas attached to sharing their work um, and that kind of frustrated me in a bigger way like it became more important than what I was currently doing which was drawing pet portraits mm. which was lovely but it wasn't really helping anyone other than the owner and then I thought like this is just too big I have to start at least blogging about this um, you know what what do I need people to know and it is just that innate need to share your ideas um, and then I started up a Facebook group um, earlier this year, and that's been really taking off. I mean, that's it's it's mostly people in the states, and that was really amazing just to be talking to people mm. across the world um, who were all going through similar things. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of taken off since then. And so, what's the basic premise of it? Of it? What's the idea? The overriding idea? The overall, I guess it's it's partly. I mean, the blog side of things is just my thoughts like educating people about this is what you could try um these are the mindset issues like at the moment I'm very much focused on getting the mindset right I think everything I know about like the technical side of things that comes later I think I realize that I can't expect people just like I couldn't have done um run before you can even want to run I'm not even talking about I'm just like if you don't want to do it then you won't do it I think that's one of the biggest things I speak to a lot of creatives who are like yeah I want to make art I don't want to go on like Instagram and and that's brilliant like definitely make the art but what I want to do is just make sure that as long as their mindset is right in terms of I want to share my work and I understand that I can't just make it and expect people to come and then be put off Mm. and then just like 
bitch and moan because people aren't finding my work. Actually do something about it and yeah. get it out there. And then I can start explaining, hey, you don't need to spend like loads of time trying to be on every social media account. You don't need to like worry about all of these little things. You just need to do X, Y, Z and see what happens. And then try this and then try mm. this. Like, I, I'm just really excited about the possibilities and... So, yeah, so it's, it's partly those blog posts, it's the community, it's um, coaching, I've just put on my coaching services, and I'm working on a quite exciting, um, like, at the moment, as it stands, it's going to be a four-week summer camp um, at the end wow. of the summer, because it's, like, nearly the summer now, yeah. and I need to get this stuff done. <laughs> um, but that's something that I, it, it's in the works, yeah. basically, so I'll talk more about Brilliant. that. So it's, so, it's, so it's essentially a sort of, you're creating an area and a, and a personality behind that where where fellow introverts can come and, and actually pick up some tips, share feelings about, about their inability to do that, Completely. I guess. Yeah, so that, I think it's a wonderful idea because I do think, like, as I said, we are dealing with a vast majority of people who, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I meet people and I have become a people person over time, but I was not always that way, yeah. you know. As a 15-year-old at school, I could be a little shit like the rest of them, but I deep down, I hadn't found any kind of identity, really. You know, I was obsessed with football and music, but, uh, but that... That's it. And, you know, invariably at school, a lot of people can be two-faced, so you don't find your true mates at that point. Mm. I was drawing for, for pleasure, but I had no understanding of what anything was, graphic design, fine art, illustration. So I didn't know how that would translate into a career. So you end up being like most teenagers, and then, you know, you kind of go and meet people at college, and little by little, you start to gain a bit more confidence about yourself. So it's a real building process. So I think it's really exciting that you're, you're putting... Particularly the sort of, you know, the tips, the, was it five or, or ten kind of methods of potential, you know, yeah, yeah, the website. Yeah, yeah, ways to promote yourself. Brilliant, brilliant idea, bite-sized ideas, just suggestions to, to give someone a vehicle to actually transform that. It's yeah. wonderful and very relevant, yeah. Yeah, um, and it's definitely the inspiration um, originally, like, I haven't been aware of the whole, like, introversion thing. I think mm. it was just something that... Um, obviously is throughout your childhood I was told you know you're quiet you're shy and all of these things it's not that it's it's definitely something else and I think Susan Cain with her book Quiet has definitely um, started this um, I mean she calls it the quiet revolution and I wouldn't be as cheesy to say that but it is that it's mm. people embracing that side of them um, and yeah which ties back into what we were saying earlier about using our you know, what we thought were things that were holding us back yeah. and using them positively. Yeah, well, I think so, definitely. And, and again, it's working with what you have. What, I have. what I've got in abundance is the fact that I'm from a small working-class Yorkshire town where I, where I grew up with a large group of male friends. I mean, I, I had friends who were girls too, but, but invariably I was in large groups of lads and there was this real sort of hustle to be the alpha like in any friend group, you know? And, and so I, I can talk to people and so I use that and I try to you know, get past email and the rest of it and, and become a face where I can go for a beer or a coffee. But not everyone's got that. Not everyone's got the ability to just pick up the phone to someone they've never met and go and meet them. That's a massively intimidating thing for a lot of people, and I understand that. And I was lucky enough to interview um, Ken Garland, um, oh, which wow. you're probably reading that book, who's a bit of a hero of mine. I wrote my dissertation on graphic activism. And it was it was rubbish dissertation, but I learned loads from it and came across all these amazing people. And it just it lit something underneath me about positive ways in which I could put this quite antagonistic side that was coming out of my drawing. I like to draw, you know, my teachers offensively. I would get in trouble for doing that. And um, some of my tutors sort of guided me the right way into channeling that into graphic activism and to, to charity work, for example. 
But I met, I went in an interview with Ken for an hour for a charity campaign that I was doing. It. He invited me around to his studio, which was just a mind blowing experience. Mm. And um, and Ken expressed a, a concern in the digital age right now, in the social media age, like you say, that sort of Instagram land, that yeah. type of thing. He expressed a concern for the people who are not bullish enough to go and bully opportunities out. Maybe the quiet person who needs a little more nurturing, a little bit more care from their tutors to be to develop whatever it is they use to compensate for the fact that they're not a good talker. Yeah. And and I thought, God, yeah, he's totally right. I went to uni with a num- and college with a number of people who could not talk like I could, and I yeah. wonder, you know, what what are they going to have to do to get around that? It's huge. Um, and from. Like speaking of somebody who's struggled with that themselves, it's painful for me to see it in other people now. So I think that is what is my driving force. And that's, mm. I think one of the first things that I ask people um, is, you know, what is their why? Like, why do they want to share their work? Because if you don't know why you're doing this thing, then you're not going to try to overcome the things that are holding you back. Mm. And so I think at least having that, like that fire under you to, to get your word out, even when you're finding it really hard and even when that fear and the resistance is, um, you know, weighing you down. Um, I think the other thing about social media is this whole like comparison thing. And I think that's something that's holding a lot of people back. Um, so those, yeah, the more quiet people, the, they're kind of saying like, well, you know, this has already been done. Like they're doing it. They're doing a really good job of this. I'm just going to, you know, be quiet. But it, it, it's crazy. And I think if I can just convince like a few people that it's yeah, it's worth trying. Anyway. Oh, I think so. I think you're a case in point as well. Just the fact that we're sat here today. You are one of only three people who've put themselves forward for this show. And, I, and every episode I try to say, get your ideas to me and tell me why you should be on the show or why you want to hear from a certain person. And no one does. Yeah. And, um, and you know, the fact that you reached out. And my, my, my first thought is always, what are they up to? What's the focal point? And, and, and sometimes I've had to say no to people because as much as they're doing good stuff, it's right across, it's a, it's a sort of level playing field where they've got lots of good projects, but there's not really an angle to do a show with. Mm. As soon as you told me about the creative introvert and I read I was like, oh my God, what a fantastic topic and what a relevant topic. So I was like, right, we'll come down next week and here you are, five days later or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's encouraging, hopefully, to anyone else who's an introvert, the fact that you've described yourself as having the same issues. Yeah. And the fact that we're sat here today is brilliant. You know? it's, it's huge. And I say this to people every day, like, I'm te- I do something that scares me every day and that phrase in itself used to always make me think like yeah sure you do like you're going skydiving every day no <laughs> even if I like go on Periscope or if I send an email like I did to you like that was my scary thing that day yeah um, and like over time I've started to see that the benefits that come from doing that thing it almost becomes addictive mm. like if you do it re- like often enough um, I, I agree I, I'm, I've been hooked for years now on that yeah. I always call it the hustle of, of this yes. business of that like you say, that challenge, you know, that every time I get another good commission and it means that I'm, I'm not going to have to go back down the job centre for at least six more weeks. It's, it's a huge rush every time and I think, oh, I did that. You know, yeah. I, I did that and I wasn't always in me. Yeah. And it's, you forget about those times that it didn't work. Like, I always think, oh, what's the worst that could happen? Because the worst that can happen is you get a no. Like, yeah. and what? And then you try something else. Yeah. Like. Again, it's just somebody else off the list, yeah. and you can reshape it and find someone who does want to hear from you or someone that does get what you're doing, you know. And also, it's like I think it's always important for people to remember that things take time. Oh yes. Um, 
I've had clients come to me three years after the initial email and they said, we've got your own file, we like your stuff. And you get very used to hearing that as a freelance visual communicator. Um, but a lot of the time they're not laying, they're just busy people and the yes. right opportunity hasn't come up. Uh, it took two years for, no, three years for Arsenal Football Club to give me a commission and um, the editor of the magazine always said, I love your stuff. And when he did come, I got two full seasons worth of work. Every, yeah. every Match Day magazine, it just took that long for the right project to come up. And, it, and he meant it all along. But I didn't know that. I, you know, That was just another kind of knock. That was another rejection in my eyes. But yeah. then suddenly it's validated when he comes back and gives me that project. And it's like, oh, he meant it. So maybe all these other people meant it. And maybe that could happen at any point. So mm-hmm. then you get back to pestering them. And it's like... And completely. And, and that whole thing, you... No one else's mind changed, your mind changed. You know, it's how you see it. So um, one thing that helped me was realising that people who didn't email me back weren't just being twats. Like, they were busy. (laughs) I didn't realise this when I wasn't busy, but, like, that I started realising that, you know, don't take anything personally. I read that book um, by something... Donneries, the four agreements and one of them is don't take anything personally mm. like it's it's not about you um so just keeping those kind of things in mind really helps and i think this whole thing like i'm not trying to say that you know you're an introvert just start using social media and everything be well with the world definitely not like it does all take time and it is this constant process i'm still on this process of you know getting my mind around the mm. whole fear of putting myself out there and stuff like that but I, I always I think I think we always will be to a degree I mean it, again it's for anyone who's going to go and visit let's say my website or my agency's website they're not going to believe that but it, every, every day it feels like a challenge and every yeah. time I, I go after somebody new or whatever I, I always feel like they're like the perpetual pest yeah. and I feel like I'm intruding on that person's day and you know an email that's going to take up five minutes they don't have to spare but you um, you get you kind of get used to just going with that and ignoring it and putting yeah. it to one side it doesn't mean it's not there but it, you have to kind of brush it aside and that's huge and that I think is like one of the the signs that says you're doing the right thing mm. you know if it feels too easy then you're probably not doing the right thing yes <laughs> it's very true actually and uh, you know I you know when I first sent stuff out to WWE which as you can probably tell is my, mm. my dream client and I love the rest of them and never did grow out of it um, I, how the hell could I know that one of the creative directors there was from Bolton in Manchester oh. and I was living in Manchester at the time and immediately we've got this connection and it, yeah. and, I, and it leaps me above all these people that he's hearing from every day and I ended up getting the client and we're really good friends now and I didn't know that but if I hadn't sent my stuff out there that would have never happened exactly. so that hopefully that just underlines why you should do it and what the hell yeah. you know just get it out there nothing to lose that's the huge benefit of all the social media stuff now on the internet is that you've got this space to put your work out right. so, and nothing's going to you know nothing's going to bite your hand off as Andy Sanders on the previous episode said, that like, technology's not going to shoot you. Yeah. yeah it's, you, it's our friend. Like, we yeah. can use it in amazing ways um, as long as we're, we're smart about it, I guess. Yeah. Exactly. And like we said about the whole mystique thing, not everyone's got, got the talking skills or the communication skills, but, you know, then again, why not, why not go down an enigmatic route? You know, yeah. uh, Dirty Freud, who's coming up on an episode, the guy I mentioned who's a producer and electronic m- musician... When we lived together, we created this whole fictional character for him to work under this kind of time-traveling DJ, and he's really run with it and really built this. That's fed into his sound, and you know, and he's gone down that road. And I would say, like, embrace that mystic side of it. You know, put you know cryptic posts out there without an obvious description, and then just let 
you know, tease it a little bit and think about that side of it. Think about why good television is, is good when you build up to, let's say, an end of series finale. Mm-hmm. It's, that's very clever writing, building someone up to a climax. So think about that. Think about why good, good books grab you. You know, if it was all just out there on the first page, there would be no, there would be no build, there would be no flow yeah, yeah. and rise and fall in there. And I always try to think about that when I'm putting myself out on social media as well. The reveal, the yeah, reveal, absolutely, yeah. I yeah. Love that. Build up to, you know, with the podcasts, I don't, I don't just kind of splurge out there and go right. There's another episode. I yeah, wonder yeah. why no one's listening. Two weeks in advance, I'll start to share the person's work or share a few of their tweets, whatever it is. Just very subtle things without me having to say a word about me, but. it's a creative process in itself like if you have fun with it you know that to me sounds like it it can be fun like Mm. (laughs) the whole thing it can be fun yeah absolutely and you know just the very fact that I've been lucky enough to interview I mean I've got Adrian Shaughnessy coming up wow yeah it's a huge name and you know it took me three four months to peg Adrian down and, and luckily for me he was kind enough to invite me to the RCA to go and you know chat to him after work, giving me, giving me his precious time during marking time for his students. Wow, you know what, he didn't have to do that for me, but he did. And I came away with, you know, three personal recommendations and contacts with him for other people he felt I should get on the show. So I was like, wow, that's, very... that's amazing. And I think it's also really, um, you know, it reaffirms your uh, faith in humanity when you do get those people yeah. and you're like, oh, I just, I really didn't expect them to even reply. And yeah. you get that back. And... I think it makes sense and it's not that crazy um, because when I think about it, like if somebody was to contact me for whatever reason, you want to help because mm. you've been helped and it is this ongoing thing. Yes, um, it's true and I find myself, once the recorder was off, I found myself sat there um, running plans to start an agency, which is a very loose term of the use of the word agency, but I've got plans to start a collaborative project that's going to be more multimedia in the future. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was very much like, oh God, is this just another division of my time that I shouldn't be doing? Should I be concentrating on my illustration? So I ran it past Adrian Shaughnessy, like, you know, he's one of the top graphic designers in this country, probably ever. And there I am sat in his study yeah. running this idea past him. And I just thought, I didn't plan that, but it just felt right because Adrian was a lovely guy. And I thought I could just at least you know, see the way he reacts to yeah. me saying this to him. And he kind of did validate the idea and the angle that I was coming from and I came away feeling so much better enthused. That's amazing. And I was very close to not emailing Adrian because he's Adrian Jones, so yeah. thinking he'd reject me, but then I always have that thing in me that has to know. So That's I, it. Yeah. And I realised that the other day, I was thinking, my fear is strong, but my like not wanting to have regret is way stronger. Yeah. Like you just you gotta keep regret out of the party <laughs> and I think um, I'll do anything to avoid that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. That's that's absolutely it. Yeah, yeah. The, the need to know is more powerful than the worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so what have you got? Do you have any hopes for the sort of creative introvert, or are you just are you just gonna play, play with it? Play by ear. Like, um, I think there is a lot of playing it by ear, but at the same time, I I definitely want to see what happens when I start going like on a bigger scale. So mm. doing this like four week course thing and seeing how like workshops, I want to start doing workshops around London and yeah. maybe around the UK, just really spreading this message. And as long as I'm still enjoying it and I feel like people are benefiting it, benefiting it, benefiting <laughs> from it, then I'll, I'll keep it up and keep yeah. spreading the word. Brilliant. I can't wait to see where it goes. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. 
And now, I mean, I guess there's uh, infinite opportunities for collaboration as well, depending on where you want to push it. Well, know. I keep meeting more creative introverts, so that helps. Well, there's, there's, there's a lot of them, so <laughs> yeah. you're never going to be short of a market, that's for sure. <laughs> I think, like, there are actually a couple of extroverts on my, um, on the Facebook group, which is, like, the League mm. of Creative Introverts, and it's it doesn't mean that they find sharing their work easy. Like, it's it's definitely not. Just yeah. for introverts, that was kind of like a hook I went with, but it doesn't mean anything. But I'll really. tell you how many many of the extroverts that I know, mm. you know, have, have as big insecurities as anybody else. Yes. You yeah. know, yeah. and you often find that that's their way of, of tackling that is by projecting this uber confident self, and then, you know, yeah. I always said that about, and I feel, I feel horrible for saying this, but I always felt that about kids TV presenters. I always thought, what they, are they doing when they get they, off? Do they just get off camera and vomit and like yeah. out, out, out of the fire escape, like like? <laughs> And not say a word for the rest of the evening, you know, like listening to classical music. But I don't know, maybe. But there is that thing about extreme personalities where it's often there's there are other unseen things, you know. So I think we've all got introverts in us. So I think you're doing a really good thing. can't wait to see where it goes. Well, now mm. I want to start like a comic strip with um, <laughs> the other side of TV <laughs> presenters. Yeah, well, this is it. And again, you know, there we go. We've got one live on air there. A little, just a little idea coming out of uh, the fact that we're having this conversation today. Yeah, yeah. You know, just just me not being afraid to say that about poor TV kids, kids TV presenters <laughs> has spawned a comic strip idea. So. Interesting complaint. Who yeah. knows? Well, I'm sure you've, you listen to the show, so I'm sure you know about the shark in the tank section at the end where I ask my guests to name a love and a hate and it can be as throwaway or as playful or as serious and deep as you like. Okay, so a love? And a hate. And it's, I ask them to keep it within, you know, within the creative spectrum, but it can be as lateral as. So my love as a kid was, like, I, I spent way too much time watching cartoons, specifically mm. Nickelodeon, like, 1990s cartoons, and I still get sad that people aren't on a regular basis talking about Ren and Stimpy. I just feel like... <sighs> That should be a thing. Because as soon as I talk yeah. to somebody, they're like, yes, but why aren't we just, you know, watching, like, <laughs> the me- every day? So I, I think well, that's something that I need Danny to Danny Allison, who's featured in that book uh, that I've given you, is Dogs Called Stimpy. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> He's got a, a Jack Russell Chow across called Stimpy. He's amazing. Well, that's weird, because Stimpy was a cat, but I'm just going to, like, I'll... <laughs> doesn't work, doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my hate, um, I, I wish I could come up with something, like, a little bit more um, deep and meaningful but I've always really hated goats um, I, as a kid I remember going to a farm and just thinking like that is the devil and yeah um, that's brilliant so there's a project see my mind has just gone again now how can we combine these two things yeah we're in Stimpy and... Thought really shit photographs of goats, but, give, like, but turned into these hellish images with like flip like proper God, um, yeah. demonic yeah yeah Bad oh, don't, don't start. That's, that's not an on-air conversation. But. <laughs> well, that's brilliant, and they're great answers. They're, they're okay. right up there with my favourites of the uh, Shark in the Tank answers. They're brilliant. Lots of food for thought. <laughs> and um, and before we finish, where can people find the Creative Introvert and your work? Um, quite unoriginally at thecreativeintrovert.com. Nice and easy. Yeah. And you're on social media channels. Of course. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm like, no, I hate them. <laughs> brilliant. Well, as ever, we'll include all that in the show notes Sweet. so people can follow up on the things we've been speaking about. Well, that's been brilliant. So thank, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank, no, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. 
So thanks so much to Cat Rose for coming down and taking the time to come and chat about all you introverts um, who she's kind of doing a really good job of representing through this new platform. Uh, I'm forever wowed by the amount of new initiatives that people are coming up with and, and actually you know getting on with and doing and putting out there. And this is certainly one of those right up there. Uh, tremendous idea, really well presented, uh, really nice lady and really passionate about that. So go and check it out, uh, thecreativeintrovert.com easy to find have a look through it see what's going on um i really enjoyed that conversation and i wasn't always a, a kind of talker or i didn't have always have the ability to do this all the confidence so i totally get that and even though i'm a people person i still find it incredibly hard just to pick up the phone to somebody who has not asked me to call them and go hey how's it going a uh, ben talon illustrator I, I trip off my words i i find it a real challenge and i think we all do to a degree so I think it's a very valid and very relevant conversation. At a time when everyone looks good on kind of Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff, it's important to remember that we're not all that confident, we're not all that outgoing. So, you know, there's a nice kind of community aspect to what Kat's doing. So go and check it out and do look at what she's up to. Like I said to you before, hoping to bring you Shaz from Additive, a 3D printing company. Um, Shaz is fantastic, very passionate about um, the issue of, of engaging young people with, with art and she does that through her 3D printing so that's going to be a, a belter of a conversation let me tell you up front so I hope I can bring you that for next week watch this space, um, I don't always quite know what the next episode's going to be but thanks as ever for getting involved thanks to my sponsors Illustration Limited over at illustrationweb.com uh, heartinternet and printed.com um, go and check them all out doing brilliant stuff uh, great web and seo provisions from hearts printing.com as it says on the tin bringing you an amazing range of uh, printing materials leaving you in full control so really really cool to have the support of these guys who actually give a shit about the arts and the creative industries like me so thanks to all of them thanks to all you listeners lovely listeners for uh, sharing this stuff everywhere keep up the good work and keep supporting me because it means i can keep bringing you this show every week which i love doing so i hope you're getting something from it as ever thanks again to cat rose from the creative introvert really amazing stuff cheers for listening guys catch you soon Thank you.